0: you could feel the fear. It was tangible, palpable. Some who were still in their faces in front of that 90 feet tall statue probably whispered, hey, come on guys, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, just just bow. It's no big deal. Don't be a hero. But these three Hebrew boys stood as tall as they could while everybody else bowed. And when they stood, they stood out like scarlet and gray in Ann Arbor. King Nebuchadnezzar thought he was a pretty reasonable guy. He looked around at one of his visors and said, Hey, I'm a pretty reasonable guy. So he called these Hebrew rebels front and center and said, Hey, listen, fellas, I like you guys. You've done well by me. I don't want to hurt you. Maybe you didn't hear the command. Maybe you didn't hear the music. Maybe you didn't hear the penalty. But this here statue, it's a statue of me. Okay, enough of the accent. And I like it. It it costs a lot to build it. We're going to keep it around a while. We're going to do this a lot, so you really need to get used to it. All I need you to do is bow when you hear the music. That's all. You don't even have to give in the offering. Just bow when you hear the band. In fact, make you a deal. You guys bow right now, and you and the missus and I, will all go out for steak tonight. My treat. But I see our three Hebrew heroes, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which were their Hebrew names. I see them stand on their tiptoes just to stand a little bit taller than they could and they replied, we heard your command. We heard your band and two of your flutes are a little flat. And we heard your penalty. But we don't bow to you or to your gilded statue. We only bow to one. And his name is Yahweh. Our God we serve is able to deliver us from your burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your greedy grubby hands. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. When Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah told the king that their king is greater the expression on his face changed. He went from the friendly diplomat to the furious dictator, full of fury and rage. How dare they defy him? Do they know who he is, what he can do? <laughs> they know who you are, Nebuchadnezzar. They know you call yourself the king of kings. They just know there is one greater than the great Nebuchadnezzar, whom the redeemed bow to and call the king of kings, because he's the king of kings, bow to. And they're not about to bow to you, any other man, or any other god, or to your statue. And come to think of it, neither will we. We worship one God. He is the King of kings, and his name is Jesus. Good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to Dead Man at the Door on Simplify. Nebuchadnezzar called for his men of valor, his navy seals. They tied up our three guys and cranked the thermostat on the furnace as high and hot as it would go. And a few with their faces down on the ground probably shuddered at the thought of what was about to happen to their friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and all they had to do was bow. That's it. They could ask God to forgive them later, right? Just bow and they can go home. Why do these one-God believers have to be so stubborn? The guards threw our guys into the furnace, and you could hear the shouts throughout the courtyard. They're dead. They're dead. They're dead. They're dead. Everybody bowing just knew they had seen the last of their buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it's really sad because Shadrach was a pretty good tennis partner. But it wasn't these guys. It was the guards. The heat was so hot it killed the guards who threw them into the fire. But what about the guys in the fire? What happened to them? The guards threw them in bound, and they fell on the floor of the furnace, but they were still moving around, and they weren't bound anymore. The fire burned the rope that used to tie them up. God used what was supposed to destroy them to set them free. My friend Darren Kramer shared that thought with me. And then Nebuchadnezzar blinked a few times, shook his head, checked his drink to see if anybody slipped anything in it. He could not believe his eyes. He jumped up from his throne so fast, the guy fanning him fell backwards. Nebuchadnezzar stood as close to the furnace to take a better look as he could, took one step too close, nearly singed his eyebrows, so he stepped back and he counted. One, two, three, four. He shook his head, blinked again, counted again. One, two, three, four. There weren't just three in the fire anymore. There was a fourth man. And he didn't look like anybody Nebuchadnezzar had ever seen. Nebuchadnezzar just knew he was losing it. So he asked, didn't didn't we throw three guys bound into the fire? And nods all around, yes, sir, three, yes, sir, three. Well, then why do I see four men loose, not bound, and not burnt? They're not hurt, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. This self-proclaimed King of Kings finally got his wish. He asked Canaanite, Mishael, and Azariah at their makeshift trial, and who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Well, Nebuchadnezzar, there is someone we'd like you to meet. King Nebuchadnezzar, meet the king kings bow to. Meet the real king of kings. I love this story. I have mined this story for all of its treasures and truths, but there's something that really jumped out at me recently when I was reading this story. The guards who threw our guys in were dead. There was nobody to fight off at the door. If Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah want to bolt out of the furnace, bolt, get out of there. There's nobody to stop you. The other guards saw what happened to their buddies. They're not going within 50 furlongs of those three Hebrew boys because there is something special about them. So come on, guys. Just grab your robe and run for your life. But they stayed. They stayed in the furnace so long, Nebuchadnezzar had to actually tell them, Okay, boys. All right. Let's go. Come on. You've been in there long enough. Let's go. Sounded like an impatient parent trying to pry his kids from the playground at the park. Come on, guys. Time to go home. Let's go. Time to get out of there. So why in the world would Hen and I, Michigan, and Lazariah hang out in a thousand-degree furnace when there were dead men at the door, no one outside to keep them inside? Here's why I believe they stayed in the furnace when they could have run for their lives. Because they would rather be in the fire with the Lord than out of the fire without him. Some stuff we go through in life is just life. Everybody goes through it. We get sick. We get flat tires. We get laid off. We get bit by mosquitoes. Somebody walks out. Friends move away. Loved ones pass away. And in those moments, people ask, where is God? I'll tell you where he is. He's in the fire standing with those who stand for him. God is in the doctor's office in the attorney's office, in the boss's office, in the principal's office. He likes offices. He's at the scene of the accident. He's in the nursing home, in the funeral home, in the courthouse, and in the jail. He is wherever somebody will stand for him in the face of the fiery flame and still say, my God is able. But even if he doesn't, he's still my God. So if the doctor says you're healed and the attorney rips up the papers and the boss gives you a promotion and the principal gives you a commendation, And the trooper says, it should have been so much worse. And the nurse says, you can go home. And the funeral director says, you're not going to need this. And the jury says, not guilty. Well, glory to God, he is with us and we're with him. But if the doctor says, I'm sorry, and the attorney says, sign here, and the boss says, you're fired, and the principal to the dean says, not in my school. And the trooper shakes his head, and the nurse says, I'll give you time. And the funeral director says, take your time and the judge sentences you to do some time, as long as you're not there because of sin, well, glory to God. He's with us, and we're with him. But there are some things we go through in life because of our faith. As we live longer and the church looks and lives less like the world, we will face stronger persecution for our faith. Some of you may have to choose between your job and your faith, or you may lose your job because you kept your faith. Some of you may fail a class or a course because of your faith. Some of you may lose friends or family. We may lose a lot because of our faith. If you're brand new to faith, you're brand new to following Jesus, you need to know this going in before you sign on the dotted line. As a follower of Jesus, you are going to walk through fire. But learn this lesson from Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. It is far better in the fire with him than out of the fire without him. So don't be afraid and don't run at the first smell of smoke. Just trust that God will be in the fire long before you ever get there. And it's better to be in the fire with him than out of the fire without him. If you're going through something right now, I want to pray that God would increase and strengthen your faith and help give you the courage you need to stay in the fire as long as you need to in order to show this world that the God you serve is worthy of our full devotion. Jesus, I thank you today. You have always been faithful, especially in the fire. I pray for anybody listening who's going through something, especially because of their faith. Please minister to them. Please help them, give them courage, help them to be devoted to you, to follow after you. Help them not to be afraid. Give them give them strength today, I pray. Give them courage. Help us, Lord, to stand like Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Help us to bow only to you, to follow only you, I pray, Jesus, that you would be glorified and the world around us would see you in us when we stand for you. Do this, I pray, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I hope you have enjoyed this devotion, and I hope it's encouraged you and given you a bit of courage whenever you're in the fire. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. If you would like a copy of the devotional Simplify that launched this podcast, you can pick it up at PentecostalPublishing.com. Just search for Simplify. Or you can pick it up on Amazon. 52 devotions, one for each week. Very similar to a devotion like the one you just heard a little bit ago. So it's great for you, great for somebody else you're trying to help in their walk with Jesus. Next week is Father's Day in these United States. And I want to share with you a devotion called the son of Jesse, I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk sometimes through the fire, but as we walk through Simplify.